listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul also is struck with terror, while you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, save my life, deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who can give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. They grow weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and struck with terror. They shall turn back and in a moment be put to shame. Thank you for that, Doc and Sue. Good morning again, everyone. Let's hear it again for our bell choir, Great Bells of Fire. I love that our bell choir is called Great Bells of Fire. If if you want to know the heart of this church, that's, you know, Great Bells of Fire. That's fantastic. Um, So I discovered something new about my son this weekend. Um, If you're a regular here, you've probably met my son, Zeke. He's two years old. He's adorable. Um, He is a bundle of energy. Um, He's the kind of kid that, like, when he goes into a new place, he just takes off running. Um, I've literally chased him from one end of the Grease Ridge Mall to the other, uh, during which time he did not look back once to make sure that I was following him. Um, But I've always thought of Zeke as a pretty adventurous kid, a pretty independent spirit, you know, no fear at all. Um, But this weekend... Uh, my wife Erin and our daughter Miriam, who's four, they're in Pennsylvania for a baby shower. They left, they left Friday night, they're coming back, they're on their way back now actually, so it's a short trip. But Zeke and I were alone yesterday, just the two of us at home the whole day. And I'm like, this is great. He'll watch TV, he'll play with toys and stuff, I'll be able to get things done. But I saw a side of him I've never seen before. He is terrified to be left alone in a room. Like, he clung to me constantly. I tripped over him four times yesterday. Um, I'd watch TV with him. Anytime I got up to, like, make tea or use the bathroom, not sure if those two are connected, but anytime I get up for one of those, he would come with me. Um, and it makes sense. In, in his short little life, two years, he's never been alone. Like, every waking moment, he's either been at daycare or he's had his sister or one of his parents around. 
Um, and so that was a new side of him that I'd never seen before. Now I know if I ever want to like mess him up for life and like play a really mean joke on him, I know exactly what to do, which I think is good. <clears throat> that has nothing to do with the sermon. I'm just. <clears throat> Uh, But we're in the midst of a teaching series on the book of Psalms, Uh, and if you couldn't tell by the tone of that psalm that Doc and Sue just read, uh, or by our organ prelude for this morning, which was called Melancholy, we're talking about the sad psalms today. Uh, The book of Psalms is this collection of songs, prayers, and poetry found right in the middle of our Bibles. There's 150 psalms in the Bible, and the way we're breaking this up is each week in this series, we're looking at a different genre of psalm, a different type of psalm found in our Bibles. Um, And you might remember this chart, a pretty helpful chart from a few weeks ago, laying out the major genres of the Psalms. Uh, Just to break this down a little bit, kind of see where we've been. At 21%, you've got the praise Psalms, which we looked at two weeks ago. Thanksgiving Psalms, which we talked about last week, make up about 18% of the book. Hopefully my numbers match what's up there. There's a few other genres we haven't touched on yet. Wisdom Psalms are at 8%, Royal Psalms at 10%. But then sitting high and mighty at 43%, almost half of the psalms in the book of Psalms are the lament psalms. These songs, these prayers that cry out to God, scream out to God at points in times of trial, pain, and suffering. Nearly half the book. In fact, this chart doesn't even really show you the whole story. Um, These categories that you see broken down here are all nice and neat. Um, They're helpful, but they can be a bit misleading. Very few things in the Bible are this cut and dry. Uh, And when it comes to classifying the Psalms, there is a lot of gray area. There are a lot of Psalms that could fall under multiple categories in this chart. Um, Almost every lament Psalm ends with praise. So is it a praise Psalm or is it a lament Psalm? Last week, we looked at Thanksgiving psalms, which are these psalms where the psalmist thanks God, usually for delivering uh, the psalmist from some sort of trial or pain or violence, which sounds an awful lot like lament. See, by forcing each psalm into one category, this, this chart's helpful, and it's correct, but it needs to be a bit more flexible. In fact, if we grouped together every psalm with lament elements, the chart would actually look like this. 70% lament and 30% everything else. 70% of the psalms in our Bibles contain some element of lament, some sort of complaint, pain, or crying out to God. 70%. Here's why I think this is so important. The book of Psalms, we've talked about this, the book of Psalms was the hymnal of ancient Israel. When Jews living at the time of David through the time of Jesus got together for worship, these were the songs they sang and the prayers they prayed. Uh, When the early church would meet for worship, usually secretly in someone's home, hiding from the authorities, this was their hymnal. These were the songs they sang. And 70% deal with some sort of pain or tragedy. Contrast that with the state of worship today. There's this company called CCLI. It stands for um, Christian Copyright Licensing International. There won't be a test. You don't have to remember that. Um, But CCLI is the group that copyrights, like, contemporary praise and worship songs. The kind of stuff that, like, when Paige sings for us or when Doc and Sue lead us in worship, those songs get copyrighted by CCLI. 
And every once in a while, CCLI will put out its list of the 150 most popular praise and worship songs. Um, the 150 praise songs that are getting the most airplay in churches and like on Christian radio. And does anyone want to guess what percentage of the CCLI top 150 are lament songs? Anybody? Just yell out a percent. I heard zero. Would you? Two percent? Some of you might have read, read ahead on this one. I was hoping someone would say 50, and I could be like, no, colder, no. The correct answer <clears throat> is zero. Zero percent of the 150 most sung songs in churches today are lament. Zero percent. Unless we assume that this is just a problem with, like, contemporary praise and worship, like in modern churches, um, traditional hymns actually aren't that much better. Um, our hymnal, The Worshiping Church, which was published by Hope Publishing Company in 1990, way back last century, um, yeah. <clears throat> this hymnal contains 845 songs or hymns or prayers, 845, that's a lot. That's a lot more than Israel had, although we've had like 2,000 years to write ours and we've had the printing press, so a bit of an advantage, but still 845 songs. And when I choose hymns for like a given Sunday, I will often try to like line up the hymns in some way with what we're talking about, either the sermon topic or the, the time of year that we're in. And especially with Psalms being such a musical book for this series, I'm really trying to line up the musical selections with the genres we're looking at each week. But finding lament psalms in here was really hard. Um, our hymnal actually has a handy topical index. It starts on page 763. You can turn there if you want, but spoiler alert, lament is not one of the subjects listed. Um, there are some sad ones, though. Affliction is one of the topics in our, in our hymn index. We've got two songs that deal with affliction out of 845. There's eight songs under anxiety, but they're mostly positive, though. If you kind of look, they're mostly like, you know, don't worry, be happy, have faith, God will make it better. Not really lament. Um, there's eight songs dealing with burdens. Again, mostly uplifting. Three songs under loneliness, ten under sorrow, four under stress, and a lot of these categories overlap, by the way. You've got songs that pop up under multiple headings. I think you get the idea. There's 30 songs under the heading Joy. Uh, there's 26 under Peace, 70 under Praise, but not much that really laments. There is something missing from our hymnals. There's a hole of sorts in our corporate worship. Um, and I think it reflects a much deeper hole in sort of like modern Western church culture writ large. We've lost the lament. If you go to like a modern contemporary like mega church style worship service, it's practically a rock concert in there, right? There's like a light show and fog machines. People are crowd surfing. Maybe not crowd surfing. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> but pretty positive, not much lament. And then, like, even in, like, some more traditional churches, the hymns might sound like a dirge, but nine times out of ten, the lyrics are going to be pretty positive. We've lost lament. Our worship and our hymnals are a far cry from the example we have in the Bible where 40 to 70 percent of the psalms 
our lament psalms. And see, here's where this breaks my heart. Here's where this really gets me. The church has lost sight of lament at the precise moment that our culture needs lament. Our world is in desperate need of the kind of authentic, raw expressions of pain and sorrow we find modeled in the Psalms. But if our churches aren't practicing lament, we're not going to be able to offer that to a world that needs it. There's so much negativity in our culture. Depression rates, rates of suicide are climbing, especially among young people. And there's so much to lament about, right? Like the breakdown of the family, injustices of all kind, war, environmental disaster, all of which we're just bombarded with on our TV screens and social media feeds like 24-7, which just cranks it all up. And the two extremes in our culture are we either stuff it all down and pretend nothing is wrong, which, like, let's face it, that's what we do in church most of the time, right? Fake a smile, pretend everything's great, wear your Sunday best, something close to it, right? <clears throat> pretend everything is fine. And on the other extreme, there's this culture of, like, persistent moral outrage that especially shows up online. Um, hopefully you've seen the cycle. I, well, not hopefully. I hope I'm not the only one. You come across an, an article on your social media feed, and it... it it alarms you in some way. You click it. You read it. You go back. You hit the angry face. Then, of course, you share it so that you can let everyone else know how enraged this article makes you. And then the, the fun little dissent repeats itself for someone else. Neither of those two extremes are healthy ways to deal with negative emotions. I hope we're all at least on the same page there. But the good news is, our Bibles give us a template for expressing our fear, doubts, and anxieties in a productive, honest, God-honoring way, and it's right here in the Lament Psalms. So the time we have left today, I want to actually look at a few examples from the Lament Psalms together and see how they can inform our own lament, both personally, hopefully in our own prayer lives, our own journeys, but also corporately as a church as well. Does that sound like a plan? Take your silence as a yes. Good. <clears throat> All right. First thing you should know, um, there are many different kinds of lament psalms. In the Bible, there are all sorts of reasons people offer lament. Um, there's personal laments. That's where like an individual cries out to God um, to help, usually with something very specific. There's communal laments. That's where the entire community comes together to express grief to God. Some laments are confessions of sin and failure on the part of the psalmist. Other laments are calling out God for failing to show up when the psalmist needed help. There's laments that express doubt, laments that express fear, laments that cry out for rescue, laments asking God to curse our enemies. We're going to look at those in a couple weeks. That's going to be fun. But there are all sorts of laments. Which is to say that no topic is off-limits when it comes to offering lament to God. Are you struggling with doubt or fear? Offer that to God through lament. Bring your fears and your doubts to the community where you will hopefully find partners who can travel with you and share those burdens. Are you dealing with something you're ashamed of? 
something you're unsure about, something that like somebody somewhere at some point in time told you isn't really a problem, like Christians don't really struggle with that, not if you have enough faith. That's, we'll say nonsense, because what that stuff really is is fuel for lament. Whatever you're working through, whatever you're suffering, whatever you're ashamed of, the dirt, the trauma, all of it, nothing is off limits when it comes to lamenting to God. We see that in the Psalms. And this is what lament looks like, generally speaking, in the Psalms. This is kind of how, how you do it. The structure here is super instructive. You got five parts to most lament Psalms. Uh, again, there's not a test. You're not going to be quizzed, but there's five parts. The first is the cry. Lament usually begins with the psalmist crying out, to God. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? With my voice I cry to the Lord, I pour out my complaint before him. The cry. Your cry to God might involve actual tears. It could be as simple as the sound of a tear hitting your pillow. It could even be a scream. Oftentimes in the Psalms, when we see the cry, you'll see the phrase, O Lord, repeated over and over again. O Lord, O Lord. Um, check out this example from Psalm 6. I think it's on the screen. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. This is our scripture reading for today. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul is also struck with terror, while you, O Lord, how long? If you notice that last phrase there isn't even really a proper sentence. While you, O oh Lord, how long? It's almost as if the psalmist pauses midline to just rethink what they're about to say to God. The feelings here are that raw. Then after the cry, the second part of most laments is the complaint. This is where the psalmist expresses their concern to God. Here's an example from Psalm 142. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look on my right hand and see there is no one who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for me. That's pretty dark. Like in our cynical, jaded culture today, the psalmist would probably be dismissed as like a moody millennial, right? Or if they're a bit older, we'd say, okay, boomer, right? Like one of those two, yeah. No one knows what I'm talking about. But there's none of that in the psalms, no dismissal. Lament makes space for our complaints no matter how small or how big. If you've got beef with God, if you feel like God has failed you, let God know. God actually wants to hear that. We serve a God who reads his comment box, which is pretty cool. And I think that's maybe why the next component of lament is a confession of trust. In the midst of their pain and doubt, the psalmist expresses their trust in God. Reading from Psalm 142, I cry to you, O Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give heed to my cry, for I am brought very low. Notice that the confession of trust, it's not obligatory. It's not a throwaway line. There's no compartmentalization here. 
The psalmist isn't expressing trust somehow separate from their struggle. The struggle is front and center, even in the expression of trust. It's in the midst of their pain. They're confessing their trust in God. And the fourth part of the lament is the petition. This is a plea for divine intervention and deliverance. Again, looking at Psalm 142. Save me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. So that I may give thanks to your name. That line is transitioning into the fifth part of lament, which is a declaration of praise. Lament will almost always end with a declaration of praise to God. So the five elements of lament are a cry to God, complaint, confession of trust, petition for help, and praise to the God who saves. Not always in that exact order. Sometimes they mix and match, but generally that's it. Cry, complaint, confession, petition, praise. What are we working through today? What baggage did you bring with you into the sanctuary this morning? What pain is happening in your life? What are you hiding to save face? What anxieties are keeping you up at night or robbing you of your ability to praise God? Whatever it is, whatever shame, whatever trauma, whatever fear, consider expressing it to God this week through lament. You've got these handy little guides on the backside of your announcements for going deeper with the psalms. This week, they're all lament psalms. You could begin with a cry. Maybe it's audible. Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it helps to verbalize it, oh, Lord, how long? That could be almost like a mantra in a time of suffering. Maybe just a groan will do. Cry out to God. Then offer God your complaint. What is it that's on your heart? What help do you need? How has God failed you? Tell God about that in prayer. You could journal about it. You could write a song or a poem. Be frank. Be honest. Hell, be blunt. The psalmist certainly is. Then confess your trust. It could be as simple as saying, God, I know you're big enough to handle this and I need your help. It could involve recounting, remembering a time when God has helped you in the past. If you're having a hard time trusting God, make your confession of trust a prayer for trust. God, help me trust you. Then give your petition. Tell God exactly what you want. Spell out your hopes of what deliverance could look like. Then close in praise. You can recall the lines of a favorite praise song or hymn. You could use the Psalms. There are plenty of praise and lament uh, in the Psalms. You open up anywhere in the book, middle of your Bible, you're going to find something you can use. Your praise could even look like just turning your palms upward to silently acknowledge God's power. Cry, complaint, confession, Petition, praise. That's lament. 
I mentioned a few minutes ago that there are individual laments in the Bible and there are communal laments. Something we don't do often enough in church is create space for people to lament together. So that's what we're going to actually do right now. Um, Here on the communion table, we've got about 100 votive candles all laid out, and we've got lanes, any of the aisles. You can get right to the front easily. We've got these candles here. We've also got a book of matches and a couple glass bowls to put your matches in afterwards. Light a match on the candle. Light a candle, and then put your match in the bowl. This is a space for lament. Doc and Sue are going to come up in a minute and just play some ambiance, but I want to invite you, as you feel led, to come up and light a candle as an act of lament to, to God. Candles are, real, this is a really old tradition. Uh, we use candles at vigils. We light candles at funerals sometimes. The candle represents this tiny spark, this tiny flame in the darkness that's reaching up toward the heavens. That's a lament. You might light a candle for something that you're going through right now. It could be something personal. It could be some bigger issue or challenge um, that's on your heart. War, violence, refugees, whatever. You could light a candle for someone in your life who you know is struggling. Or you could even light a candle in honor of someone you've lost. We're just going to have this open for a few minutes as you feel led Please come, light a candle as a prayer of lament to God. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.